My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm the dehydrated husk of Steve. And this is Streaming Things, the unofficial Stranger Things podcast, and so much more. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is our recap mailbag episode. We're going to talk a lot about Stranger Things 4, part one, reminisce, see where we're feeling and how we're feeling about the show uh, kind of a week later, right? Now that we have time to stew on it and see everybody else's hot takes online Mm -hmm. and then theorize a bit as to what's going to happen in part one and maybe even beyond in Stranger Things 5. Yeah, and most importantly, get some of these listeners in on the show. Yeah, we got uh, a plethora, a myriad, you would say. A cornucopia. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Of uh, feedback from our wonderful listeners uh, writing in. And we've plucked a few from the ether to read out on the show today. That's going to be a hoot and holler. Really good time ahead. I want to take a moment before I get into the business. To give Steve the dehydrated husk some water. Wow. Steve, the water. And- we were just going to let him slide by with that and not say anything. Water and gratitude. I'm so used to him being a dehydrated husk at this point. Uh, so I've developed dust at this point. <laughs> I've developed a strange rash on my face all around my right eye. And I think it's a stress rash. Stress rash. Stress rash. Argyle just walked in. <laughs> yeah, man, I got smacked by the slash season, man. And then I have like a small twitch in my left eye. Oh, God. Now I'm an anxious person anyway. I'm not blaming you guys completely but i think the amount of coverage that we had to do on this show while a blast was exhausting i think we can all agree on that yes. right i uh, have not had a normal night of sleep this entire week it is crazy <laughs> and plus then i did all the tiktoks and then i believe it or not i do have a full-time job so mm-hmm. uh and two dogs and a kid all that stuff so anyway uh but steve by far worked the hardest oh because god he worked literally twice as hard yes because <laughs> then he had to go home <laughs> while we were licking our wounds we he had to edit the episodes uh and you know find all the ums and oohs and the pauses and whatever do whatever he does i don't know, I don't know what the fuck do he does <laughs> i don't even know what he does that's how much he does it more right that's how important he is so just silent round of applause I mean, you can clap at home for Steve. Wow. Oh. Thank you so much, Steve, for all that you do. You guys are too sweet. Yeah. You guys are too sweet to he's me. Got the, he's got the Roadcaster Pro, all the noises that you hear. They're queued up by Steve. He does the fading and stuff live, all the balancing. I don't know sound words. I'm just saying random shit. Yeah. <laughs> I write with a pen and a paper. He's got yeah. the, the EKG meter, the, the, the sound, the flavor wave. It's off the charts. He's on the ones and twos. All of the ectoplasm. It's Steven. And all of the good impersonations come from Steve. Yeah. All the shit nah. ones come from me. Have you guys, have you guys heard Andy's Elvis? <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. Thank you very much. <laughs> He's like an Austin Butler. Is that his name? Yes. But that, uh, that was some of my favorite moments in the edit uh, uh, this past week is anytime Andy would just come, it has everything to do with us. Like, <laughs> every time you stuck that in, I would laugh. <laughs> like, why? Um, but yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's pretty good. It's yeah. pretty good. Thank you. So all that is to say, thank you, Steve. But also, it was worth it. Yeah. Thanks to the listeners, it worked. I know we've said this before, but we are still 
as of right now, the number one Stranger Things podcast on iTunes. We are the number four. Uh, so we've slid a little bit. TV and film podcast on iTunes. I mean, that's but we incredible. did get to number two. We did. We got to number two. Mm-hmm. But if you ain't first, you're last. Ricky Bobby. I was high when I said that. <laughs> it don't make no sense. You can be second, third, fourth, hell, even fifth. Uh, that's and we true. Even, we even cracked the top 200 of all podcasts. All podcasts. On iTunes, at least. Even yeah. like the true crime. And those are tough to beat. We were beating Mark Maron. I mean, We yeah. beat Joe Rogan for a day. But he's on Spotify only. Yeah, yeah well. We beat Joe Rogan, we beat for Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, rogues. Uh Thank you so much for you guys made that happen. You you listened to us. You you shared it. Uh, we got a ton of good reviews. We asked for those, and we still need those. By the way, don't give up. Don't don't get don't get tired. Don't be a, a dehydrated husk like Steve. We need all the reviews we can get. Share don't it with be your like friends. Me. Yeah, don't, don't, don't be like me, kid. <clears throat> it has everything to do with Steve. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but no, thank you guys so much. Like literally, this has been such a you know we've been toiling away on this show for almost five years now. Mm-hmm. Like we started it in 2017. And, you know, this past week has been the most successful it's ever been by leaps and bounds. Soup to nuts. Soup to nuts. (laughs) And that is all thanks to you guys. So thank you all so much. You took time out of your day and and daily lives to give us a a little listen about and share this love we have for Stranger Things. Thank you guys so much. And if you don't know, we talk about other things. So we have a whole backlog of movies and TV shows. Normal things. Yeah. yeah. There's Ooh, movie well, things. These, these are the stranger things. <laughs> Different things. But then there's other things as well. <laughs> Streaming things. Uh, and we're going to be reading a lot of emails today. If you want to join that conversation in the future, you can write into uh, streamingthingspod at gmail.com. That's streamingthingspod at gmail.com. We also got a few messages on the Twitter. They were tweeting at us. You can follow Deeds us on Twitter tweeted. at streamthingpod. We're paying a lot more attention to the Twitter nowadays. Uh, and you can also subscribe to our Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash streaming things. That's patreon.com slash streaming things. Subscribe to our Patreon at a variety of tiers, and we have a whole uh, plethora of other content planned for that, and that'll only go on the Patreon for the most part. Sometimes we drop them a little later on the main feed, but 90% of them just stay on there. Yeah, stay tuned for later. We're going to announce what's next. Yeah, we got uh, good news for that later. Uh, And before we get in, let's do what everybody's really waiting for, Steve. Let's start the Stranger Things Mad Lib segment. It's back by popular demand. It never actually left. It is the Mad Lib Stranger Things edition. I have in my hand a booklet of the Stranger Things themed Mad Libs. Gentlemen, are you ready to participate in this episode's uh, Mad Libs titled Justice for Bar? Oh, yes. Okay. Is a hashtag in there? Uh, actually, uh, this is actually formatted like a letter, so it might it might be in there. Nice. We might see a hashtag, perhaps. Are you ready? I am. Yes. First up, I need a last name. Uh, Streisand. Barbara Streisand. Oh, nice. Verb. Uh, thrust. Noun. Confetti. Person in the room. Dehydrated husk. <laughs> the dehydrated husk of Steve. No, I'm going to write the D-H of Steve. <laughs> I'll know what that means later, I'm mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> I'm sure we won't get to this. In Nothing the bad like, could happen. What does the DH? What was that? I don't understand what I wrote. Uh, adjective. Erect. Adjective. Fiery. Noun. Rainbow. Verb. Train. Like to train? Mm-hmm. Like for the Olympics? Yeah, not the noun. <laughs> not to like. Verb. Train. <laughs> <laughs> noun. Kaleidoscope. 
You spell that, motherfucker. K-A-L-E-I-D-O-S-C-O-P-E. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, I'm smart. Exclamation point. Or <laughs> exclamation, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I was like, sure. <laughs> exclamation. Uh, Carnation. Number three. Part of the body, plural. Nostrils. Saved me. Noun. I was going balls. <laughs> <laughs> We've held off for six mad libs. <laughs> What? Uh, noun. Philippine. Noun. Andy already stole confetti and Kalesco. <laughs> Shit. Window. Celebrité. Nicole Kidman. <laughs> you know, heartbreak feels good in a place like it this. It does. Adjective. Beautiful. Verb. Elongate. And last, but not least, plural noun. Balls. <laughs> <laughs> the madman did it. And if you would like to see how Balls wraps up the story Justice for Barb, tune in for the end of the episode. Oh no. <laughs> what have I done? I didn't stop to think about whether or not I should, just whether or not I could. All right. So that's going to be exciting. So let's, what I wanted to do is start the show off. It's been about a week since we finished binging Stranger Things Part One. I wanted to see where your guys' head was at, where the season ranks for you amongst the other seasons. So far, we can't make it final because the season's not over with. We've still got two episodes dropping in July. Uh, but just, you know, now that things have settled down a bit, what your thoughts are? Andy? So this this season has leaned harder into horror than any other by far. There's some spoopy moments that we've gotten in previous seasons, but this one especially is really leaning into the eighties horror. And that's the kind of stuff I grew up on. Uh, so if they can stick the landing, this will might usurp season three for the top spot for me right now. It's still season three with a bullet, but the, that happened because of the way that season three wrapped up. And so yeah, the battle of star court, we still have like four hours of stranger things ahead of us. Mm -hmm. It's, it, it's a lot. Yeah. And so they're, they can do a whole bunch, uh, with these two episodes that they're holding on to, uh, till, till July. And, uh, so, but yeah, it, everything, nothing about this season has soured for me in retrospect. It has all like maintained a, a the level of hype that i had built up in my head and you know us being who we are and diehard fans of the show we were inevitably going to have a good time even if they dropped some hot garbage we would have found the things to love in it because that's it's the show's our jam but they didn't they 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 did not drop the proverbial ball they uh they crushed it and so i cannot wait to see what they go where they go with part two i have ideas and we can talk about that later but God, guys, this, this season was awesome so far. They delivered, baby. Steve? Yeah, I mean, Andy kind of nailed it for me. The the, the season, you know, I, I feel as of now, I, I don't think I would put it as my number one season. I think it's the best season when it comes to storytelling and themes. And it's definitely the, 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 the darkest season of stranger things um highest body well no not the highest body count yet but definitely the yet. most like uh gruesome deaths oh yeah the the the, the gore is I, I think we might have talked about this on the episode but the gore between because we thought season three was gory you know with the meat putty mm -hmm. that everybody was becoming you know wiggly blood. the wiggly blood um and we had a conversation where it was like is that more gory or is this more gory and, and this is definitely a much more visceral 
you know, there's almost the lizard part in your brain reacts to the image of these people's bones snapping in mm-hmm. horrid ways far more than just, oh, they're melting into sludge. So, like, it's it's definitely more off-putting to watch in this season. But, but this season is very, very good. Um, it doesn't quite have the, the, the fun moments in previous seasons that, that I love, but for, re- for good. Like, you, I don't think they need to rely on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Although see, episode six was pretty fun. That episode was definitely <laughs> super fun. And, and then also you have characters like Argyle, who is just pretty much there to make sure the, the buyer's boys in California aren't being just like sad, self-loathing yeah. people all season, you know? Um, but no, it, it's great. And, and, and I'm really excited to see where it ends, like where episode seven ends up. It's just kind of like, man, that that is satisfying for now. Uh, I, I mean, if if I didn't know that the the conclusion of the next two episodes weren't a month away, I'd probably be like, fuck. Ugh, yeah. ugh. But because <laughs> I only have suffers, come on, guys. <laughs> uh. But because I only have to wait a month, it's like, OK, that was a, that was a good place to pause. I can reflect. I can watch it a couple more times before July 1st happens. But, yeah, I'm really excited to see how it ends. And um, let's 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 get more Will Byers in there. That's all I'm saying. Let's get some more Will Byers. Let's get more Jaybird. I need I need more of those two. I need the Byers boys. I think you're going to get them. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think in interviews they said their their big stuff happens in the last two episodes. So yeah. excited! I want to see what he drew. <laughs> what is his art? <laughs> he painted it. Damn it! I want his art. He might have drew it first. Uh, I, I'm the same way. I think uh, I think I can confidently say they would have to screw the pooch big time for this not to be my favorite season. Uh, of the four which is a tall order for me i'm a purist i like season one the best i always have but the other ones are fun um you know i talked about that at the beginning of this season's coverage i think or at least in the hype cast that we did but yeah i think i just am ecstatic with what's going on right now the new characters that they've introduced and i can tell by the reception like you know it's been three years since we've seen a new stranger things season but you know us we've done this every year right that there's been a stranger things and so I feel like uh, the hype in the world, the love for the show as a whole from, you know, society. Can I say that society, man? We live in a society. Yeah. Uh, is the highest that it's ever been. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just mm-hmm. it's got the most love that I've ever seen. And, and that's and- so good to see, because leading into the season, there were a lot of like very cynical people online that I saw that were like, imagine watching Stranger Things in 2022, like those type of hot takes from. Yeah, for assholes sure. Online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like. I hope they're now they're, I hope they're, they're eating not crow. Right. Yeah, they're eating so much crow. Yep. I got I said this was my favorite Netflix original uh in like a TikTok video probably six months ago. And then it went viral and did well. But there were so many comments like, oh, imagine being five years old. Uh and now <laughs> now they're watching Stranger Things, like, damn, this is like super badass. I'm like seven. I'm super good. <laughs> imagine being five. <laughs> and it's uh, you know. Imagine letting your five year old watch season four of Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just so excited. And I think a lot of it has you to said do that with, with the confidence of a man who definitely let his five year old watch season four of Stranger Things. <laughs> not, not four because he's nine now, but we definitely watched season two together. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I think that I can confidently say that this is the best one as long as they handle it well. And I have complete confidence in the Duffers. You know, it's rare that I have the level of confidence that I have is rarely let down. You know what I mean? I'm talking. 
you know, you don't go to your average Christopher Nolan movie or Quentin Tarantino or something like that. Right. And just gives completely like, what the fuck was that? Like, that just doesn't happen typically. Right. We're not going to talk about Tenet. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and that's how I feel about the Duffers. Like they just, I really confident in their writing and the time that they've been able to, to put into this. Um, now that is undercut by something I have to talk about here soon. They, they made a big boo-boo that I am going to point out here in the show yep. today. But uh, yeah, it's uh, for the most part, I have complete confidence that they're going to nail it and that season five is going to be fucking amazing, too. So I'm super psyched for that. But let's get into uh, some of our listener emails. Uh, they pointed out some Easter eggs that we might have missed or definitely did miss. And then we'll talk about some of the Easter eggs that we, we thought of in the meantime since. Um, so I've got an email uh, from a Mr. Dan M. And he writes this. Will's project about heroes in season four, episode one is for Alan Turing, a famously queer scientist. So I think they're definitely going that route. Although hopefully he doesn't have a crush on Mike because one, ooh, and two, Will can do way better. <laughs> Love your podcast. I discovered it this season. I'm really enjoying it. Thanks. Thank you, Dan. I'm really enjoying your emails. I take um, it Dan does not ship Byler. He's not a Byler shipper. So I wanted to use this as a jumping off point just to briefly discuss. Uh, first off, thank you so much for pointing that out. I don't think any of us did catch. That was an Alan Turing project. Did not catch. I yeah, saw yeah, his ton of this flashed so quickly. And we, we and our shtick is we watched it once and hop straight on the mic so it was one of those things where like we we weren't like pausing nobody and stuff, took so. that note yeah and no one caught the alan turing uh, poster board you're 100 right that's a great reference uh i made a video yesterday i got a lot of flack because I, I i called it bad theories uh and this is one of those so i completely agree with you dan i i do think um that will is most likely gay Right. Or a member of the queer community of some kind. He yeah. might even be asexual or something. We don't know yet. And th- th- those those clues are pretty obvious. But I just I, I can't even like articulate why I hate the idea of him having a crush on Mike. Uh, it, I, I could joke and say because I don't like Mike. Right. And that's part of it. But I, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not gay. So I don't know. But that just seems like disrespectful ish to have this representation this is great and then oh he's in love with a straight guy though and it's it's heartbreaking right like you could do something so much better than that like that's sure. my instinct but i don't know if that's for sure or not. that's just like my knee-jerk reaction now there's an opportunity i guess that people are imagining that mike would reciprocate but i just don't see that happening byler shippers rising up yeah um <laughs> i just don't see that happening but that'd be that'd be cool sure whatever it's yeah i i don't think that he has a thing for mike if anything i think that uh, he is uh going to be uh really looking for uh just some some kind of affirmation or approval uh some acknowledgement of of uh how he's feeling and stuff from who is his best friend uh yeah so they've, I, they've established that mike is definitely the closest person that will is with they had yeah. that lovely discussion with each other in season two when because mike was the one that really noticed that will was out of sorts um, and he was definitely struggling the most with Mike and Eleven's relationship, even in season three, you know, mm. um, but go ahead, go on, Andy, you were saying, no, I just was saying that I, I, uh, firmly agree one, ooh, two, uh, he could, <laughs> he could definitely do better, yeah. but I, I do not think that they would go that route. I have more faith in the Duffers than that. 
I agree with you, but we we shall see. Everybody feels really strongly about but this. But that was online. a really good catch. The, yeah, for uh, sure. The, the oh yeah, post. and I, I know that's really popular. The Alan Turing thing online, but I just want to point out, Dan wrote us that email way back when the show first. Oh yeah, dropped live. This was so on like a Friday, just to give him some credit. <laughs> yeah, uh, Andy, we've also got an email from Jennifer K. Jennifer K. writes in from her iPhone. <laughs> writing in from there, she says, "Hi guys, love the podcast. Just discovered it when I had known to talk to you about the new season." None of my friends and family have any taste in shoes. Crying emoji. Obviously, she meant shows, but uh, shoes are also important. Footwear. <laughs> hey, you girl, you you deserve those shoes. <laughs> Here's an ego that I can't believe you missed, but maybe you need to be 50-something 80s kid to watch it or to catch it. The entire scene at Susie's house was a callback to war games and Eden looks and was styled exactly like Ali Sheedy in that film. What do you think? Thanks for the excellent commentary, Jen. Jen, you are super right. And uh, to be honest, I haven't seen more games since I was a kid. Um, and I think, Steve, you've never seen it. Yeah, I, I've never seen I've it either. That I've never I'm seen of. war games. It's actually if longtime listeners will know, we've we've often toyed with a with a uh, a show segment called Blind Spots. And mm-hmm. war games is one of my blind, blind spots where literally the only thing I know about it is Matthew Broderick's in it. And there are computers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Those are the, the two big things. So, you know, you, you got the general idea for sure. I haven't seen it since I was probably 10 years old. Uh, it was one, one of my brother's favorite movies. So I definitely saw it several times back then. But yeah, no, uh, we've looked up some of the uh, reference points that uh, people have been pointing out online. And again, you were one of the first to uh, respond with this. So good catch. Uh, but yeah, no, we absolutely missed that. And I haven't seen that movie, so I can't comment on it. But a lot of people online are saying that Eden's character is modeled after the goth character from The Breakfast Club. And I think that they're wrong. I think it's all a war games thing. I think that that uh, Jennifer Kay is on to something. So thank you so much for writing in. Steve got an email from Matt W. All right. Matt writes in, hey, guys, I was just listening to your episode on Dear Billy and got to the section about Yuri's church full of American stuff. I can't remember which one of you said it's funny how none of these people go to worship. That was me. Oh, that was you? I think so. Uh, in the USSR slash other communist countries, religion was the defa- was de facto banned. And while the Soviets didn't destroy churches, they pretty much outlawed religion, which is why a church in Soviet Russia would be a perfect place to store smuggled goods because no one would ever be in there. Hide the peanut butter. Also sent from his iPhone. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's a great point. That, that is I, a super good At one call. point in my life, I definitely knew that... The USSR was a completely atheist uh, organization, country, government. Like sixth grade social studies, probably. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I was a lot smarter in college than I am now, even. Yeah. Not life-wise. Like, I'm much wiser now. Sure, but you. I knew more facts. Smarts. Oh, yeah. yeah. I used way bigger words way more frequently. I used to be able to quote Shakespeare. Now I can just say I used to read it. Yeah. Now I just say <laughs> Shakespeare yeah. randomly throughout the day. I just say Bill. Bill. <laughs> reading some old Bill. I'm reading some Bill. But yeah, that was a great Billy point. Is. And that was a cool, just like... uh not, not even really an Easter egg, but just a cool, you know, I don't even know the fucking word. College me would have known the word. I mean, that's Cult- just culturally culture. relevant. Yeah. Culture. Yeah. Well, we call it an ego in our show. We're just like, that's an 80s thing. It's an ego. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's absolutely, <laughs> as far as our standard is set, that is absolutely an ego. But it's a great, it's great insight that we clearly missed. So, thank you so much for writing in. Absolutely. This next email comes in from Tay G. And the subject line I just want to point out is, great show, exclamation point. And she writes, Hey guys, I'm a new subscriber, and so far I really love your show. 
I'm not sure if you guys said it already, but this season also gives me Hellraiser vibes, especially when they were about to kill the young man with the glasses in the grave. I've never seen Nightmare on Elm Street, so my opinion may be a little ignorant. LOL. Keep it up, Taylor. A laugh out loud? I believe she laughed out loud at that moment. Mm. That's what I'm supposed to surmise. Mm. Uh, absolutely. I think Steve pointed out a few times. Uh, he's the he, he brought up the pinhead every time I brought up the Pennywise. Uh, but I definitely saw those vibes. Am I the pinhead to your Pennywise? No, <laughs> no, no, no. But Guys. I didn't see any actual. Andy, what's the it of it all? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see any actual like Hellraiser scenes recreated or anything, but it's been a long time. I was not a I was not a Hellraiser fan. I mean, maybe because Hellraiser has those. The chains, right, that kind of come out of places. Mm-hmm. Maybe that could be the vines that are well, kind of I think holding Vecna up. I think she's talking about when Fred got killed. Yeah. Um, I don't remember specifically that scene give me any kind of those vibes. But you specifically brought up Candyman for that scene. Mm-hmm. Candyman? Candyman. That was just because of the cop, his vision. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But yeah. But no, absolutely big Hellraiser vibes throughout the whole thing. And yes, uh, check out Nightmare on Elm Street. That's still like that movie still gives me nightmares to this day. Uh, just uh, because it is some visceral Andy, that's shit. not good. You're not supposed to have nightmares. That's where <laughs> Freddy gets you. <laughs> uh, Andy's got an email from Megan H. Megan H says, okay, I'm listening to the season four breakdowns and I keep hearing y'all call out the use of the internet, particularly with Susie in this season. Oh yeah, I need some facts on this. How are you missing this as a very specific nod to war games? <laughs> Have none of you actually seen this classic? And if I'm not mistaken, this wasn't even a random Easter egg, but a very deliberate reference to similar to Nightmare on Elm Street. Thank you. Thank you for your time, Megan. And then she had a little uh, P.S. My apologies if you figure this out and mission it after I send this email. We did not. We did not figure it out. I've never seen it. So, (laughs) And uh, as you can see, uh, you're not the only one to uh, point out what is uh, what appears to be consensus. The biggest glaring ego that we missed. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, our bad. But we'll uh, we're going to have to educate ourselves in case any more of those references pop up in part two. Marcus writes in. I want to point out this is a good one. Oh, it, is, it is a good one. Yeah. He says, I want to point out that I noticed in this season that whenever Paul Reiser's character would speak to Eleven, he always calls her kiddo. That was something that he always called Sigourney Weaver's character in Aliens when he was trying to get her to trust him. Oh, mm. wow. So this kind of speaks to remember in season two when he first was he first came on the scene as Dr. Owens. We were very much kind of saying, oh, Dr. Owens is definitely a bad guy. Because, and we were using the Aliens reference, his character, uh, Burke, I think is his name in Aliens. I think so. Mm. Uh, we were using that character as a reference because he's like, oh, I'm not a bad guy. I'm Paul Reiser. I'm hey. really nice. And then he turns out to be like the, the villain, right? I'm just going to take it to the diner. Nothing bad's going to happen. Big, we're going to get the special. It's going to be a great time. Uh, and, and, and then, obviously, that was turned on its head for us when we were watching season two. Like, oh, he actually is a good guy. But is he? Could he be actually be the bad guy the whole time because he's calling Eleven kiddo? This is a great, uh, great ego, Marcus. Thank you, because this really kind of plays into my like, mm, do we trust Paul Reiser? I just want to assume that Paul Reiser calls everybody kiddo and that he's just been ad-libbing this whole time. I think if you wear sweater vests, <laughs> you're culturally obligated to call everyone kiddo. <laughs> and get the house special. Yeah, for sure. When a waitress walks up to you and you're in a sweater vest, she doesn't even ask you what you want. Tonic water, twist of lime, house special. She introduces herself. You introduce yourself back like, hi, Margaret. My name's Paul. I'm going to be your uh, customer today. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) for sure. If you're wearing the vest. Uh, I got a message from Peggy A. uh, And I'm going to read it. (laughs) 
Oh, good. I'm glad you didn't just announce it. I, I didn't on. just tease you. I got a message from Peggy. Hey, it's just for me. <laughs> it's private. It's in my DMs. She said, hi there. I started listening to your podcast with the season four recaps and I'm loving it. I like to think that she sang the McDonald's way there. Oh, thanks. In regards to the question why Jonathan was working as the photographer for the local paper when he's still in high school. That's pretty common. A friend from my high school was a photographer for our town's paper. He covered school-related things mostly, but also community events, like the yearly summer car show at a church next to my house. That's how I found out he worked for the Bulletin. Now back to the episode two recap, smiley emoji. Uh, so that was in reference to some confusion we had early on in season four. We started reminiscing. It might even have been the hype cast. I don't know. But we're like, how old are these people? Because I thought Jonathan and Nancy had graduated, blah, blah, blah. And I did want to say that I, I found this out partially by myself, but partially thanks to Peggy. Um, at one point, I had said Nancy would have had to have been a sophomore in season one to still be in high school. She was, in fact, a sophomore in season one, yeah, sure which was. is crazy. I thought she was older. I don't know why that's crazy, but it's and not so crazy. Then I guess Steve Didn't, and she, Eddie she said were both that seniors. In a, yes. And Eddie still is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Eddie's yeah. been a senior this whole time. <laughs> Poor Eddie. Because in, cha- in chapter seven, Nancy says like, this is sophomore chemistry. And that yep. was, that's, those, a, that's when it hit me. Yeah, I was like, wow. Seven. Okay. She just was a sophomore. I get it now. Um, so that was solved. So now we're on, those are all of our, our, our Easter egg emails that we wanted to read, but I know I wanted to save some time because you guys have been doing some more research and doing some more thinking. You found some other Easter eggs you wanted to point out, right? Yeah. I, I've sure got a couple did. of notes. Yeah. What, what you guys got? Lay it on me. I say though, I looked at a couple of lists and we pretty much crushed it. Oh, like, did we? I didn't there, even, li- was, I didn't uh, even list look. There was a uh, BuzzFeed listicle that came out uh, on Twitter like today or yesterday or something. And I went through and it seems like they might have listened to our show. <gasps> Hi, BuzzFeed. Yeah. Oh, wow. What's up? What's hey, up, guys. Mr. Hey, Feed. If Mr. BuzzFeed, if you're listening, let us know. <laughs> One of the ones that is is an unintentional Easter egg, because I believe the Duffers have said that they did not do this on purpose but it super duper fits really well just on accident is that when uh, L takes Mike on their date to the roller rink and she gets bullied in the center of the rink and they're like filming her and stuff, you can see the date on the uh, camera. And that date is March 22nd, 1986, which we learned in season two is Will Will's birthday. And so there Will's out there, a third wheel in it being ignored on his birthday. And so it just adds to this sense of just misery of this is such an awful day. It seemed like such a wonderful piece of writing for only hardcore fans to recognize about why there was so much malaise surrounding Will. And it turns out the Duffers just forgot. They just forgot. Yeah, <laughs> it's so sad. They just forgot. And they could have just said, never said anything and let that be. But they officially announced, I think it was today. Yes. Yeah, today. Mm-hmm. Uh, that. Hey, sorry, we forgot. And it's like, damn, you could have just let that ride, man. You know, I'm glad that they did. Honest. I'm glad they did. That makes me respect them more because yeah. like a lesser friends don't lie. Friend. Yeah. Friends don't lie. And, and they're and like I the will hate. of writers. They're like, it was the seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm Dustin. Like, no, tell him it was 20. The Demogorgon got him. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I find that very charming that they're honestly like, ah, you got us. And partially, we also forgot Will's birthday. Partially, <laughs> they're probably like, look, man, we do so much dope shit. There's no need to take credit yeah. for stuff that yeah. we didn't do. Uh, there's plenty of other things in there yeah. for you to find. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty good one. That is a good um, one. Another one, just sticking with dates in March. Uh, the good theme. Right after the uh, incident at the roller rink, uh, Jonathan 
is uh, hanging out with with the kids after L's been arrested. And he says that there's a uh, showing of Police Academy three at like four o'clock or whatever. They got this so right that uh, that. So the roller rink was on March 22nd. Do you know when Police Academy three released? I do not. In theaters? March 21st. I remember it well. <laughs> March 21st, 1986. Wow. They got it. Da- they got re- the release date of the movie that he recommends down. And that's incredible. And the reviews of the, at the time, probably yeah. accurate. Yeah. I heard probably. it's not very good. <laughs> Steve, what have you discovered? So I have a bunch In of In your stuff. research, have you been doing any child fights to find these Easter eggs? I've been looking for the stiffest of competition. <laughs> I've traveled the globe. I've found all sorts of children with the powers to fight each other in the mindscape. <laughs> Good. I've also confirmed that the scar on my face is from the Demogorgon. <laughs> Oh, really? Is yeah. that what the Easter egg is? Yeah, I, I, I looked into that because I there was I had the thought of like, oh, maybe that was the door. And he does get bloody on his face from the door, but it's the opposite. It's well, the, opposite the reason I hated that is I was face. like, there's no way they have this scar on his face in season one, and they would have from to. From the door? Yeah. <laughs> Not the, de- the Demogorgon just tag. I'm like, oh, sorry. And God, <laughs> <laughs> pardon me. Uh, I have a bunch of... Easter eggs, but some of them are like the common interpretation of Easter eggs, but also some of them are just kind of cool, like show, like uh, meta things about the show that I thought were interesting. Um, Do you have any more, Andy? Like, should I I have a couple, but I figure we can bounce around. Yeah, we'll bounce around. Okay. Uh, Bounce it. Uh, the, the, the basic service level Easter eggs I have is in that same shot that, uh, you saw the ET phone home written on the, the telephone booth, mm-hmm. um, above that on the top of the telephone booth, someone has written in give me head until I'm dead, Nice. which was the, sh- which was on the shirt that Booger wears in revenge of the nerds. Wow. Um, Dang. deep cut, uh, Chrissy. Our, fa- our favorite dead shooter is her last name's Cunningham, uh, probably named after the Cunninghams from Happy Days. Oh. The family of Happy Days. Richie and all them. Richie and the gang. Uh, and oh, yeah. Uh, so the Creole murders happened in 1959. Uh-huh. Present day attacks from Vecna is in 86. That is a 27 year gap. Much like the 27-year gap that Pennywise inflicts in uh, Dairy oh, Maine. Oh, wow. shit. The bed smacked me over the head with some, <laughs> uh, what is it called? Purple. Purple sticky punch. Pineapple. No, purple beach. Purple tree. Damn it. No, peach tree fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. Neither of you are ever allowed to name weed, ever. Purple sticky punch from Biodome, isn't it? That, that, yeah. yeah. Purple peach tree fudge. Do you, <laughs> no, thank I, I you. Have, I have more egos, Chris, but do you? I don't have any. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, this is, Chris, what you're probably going to like the most. When they're looking for Reefer Rick in the uh, uh, the family video yes. uh, client list, there is a Rick Sanchez in that list. Nice. Well, is there Rick, really? Yeah. <laughs> Rick, and Morty Rick and Morty reference. Reefer Rick. Pretty they correct, were looking dude. for the Rickest Rick. There, there's absolutely going to be some response to that in whatever Rick and Morty season is coming up next, and I'm excited for that. Uh, there was a pretty cool one. Uh, Caleb uh, McLaughlin, is that how? how Lucas. Uh-huh. Yeah. Lucas. Uh, he wanted to use the number eight uh, for his basketball jersey uh, in honor of the late Kobe Bryant. Uh, that was Kobe Bryant's original number. He, he switched numbers, I think, in like the 2000s at some point, but... Uh, he was originally number eight and Lucas wanted to pay tribute by wearing that number. And it's pretty cool. And then the last one that I had was uh, 
Elle apparently had left her door cracked the three inches that Hopper had requested. Uh, when Mike Aww. goes to bring her Eggos, she leaves and the door cracked. If you notice, when Mike enters the room, he also leaves it open three inches. Oh, does he really? Like he he when he closes the door behind That's him, he doesn't even close it completely. Sweeter, Stephen. So maybe in that episode, Mike wasn't being a dick. We can we can strike that number back to. Uh, we don't have to strike yeah. it to zero. Dude, he he <laughs> he broke the two at least. He, yeah. he made it. I was going to say double digits, but we're not even close to that. I think by the factor of he wasn't in the lot, he of blo- the last broke season. plural yeah. digits. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you have any more? No, I'm, that's it. All right, I've got a couple. Oh yeah, war games. <laughs> yeah, Good war find, games. Andy. Yeah. Uh, okay, so in the opening scene where Doctor Brenner is creating his crossword puzzle dead center there is a word in his crossword puzzle called that is etiological do you guys know the definition of no etiological i have it pulled up here i know etymological so there is there is a medical definition but then i'm going to read you the non-medical definition which is serving to explain something by giving a cause or reason for it often in a historical or mythical context and i thought it was important that they put this word in that scene since this scene serves to give reference to Dr. Brenner as a character. Oh, wow. damn. Uh, Way to go, Double Ds. <laughs> they go to Pennyhurst Penitentiary to talk to... Penhurst. Penhurst. Penhurst, yeah, sorry, I read that wrong. Thank you. Uh, Penhurst to talk to Victor Yeah, Creel. Pennyhurst sounds way less nefarious. <laughs> oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> I want to go to Penhurst. <laughs> Pennyhurst. Um, they, they, so they go to that place in this season that... Uh, Penhurst is referenced in season one when Lucas thinks that L is an escaped uh, uh, oh really uh, person from there yeah patient yeah patient that's the word I'm, I couldn't think of patient um, I was my brain wanted to say inmate but that's not the right <laughs> term <laughs> you know I think we actually got an email that said that too and we may have missed that maybe so write in if we miss that email <laughs> uh, the Nina project is named after Nina. I'm going to butcher this. Nina Simona. Nina Kulagina. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. But she is a famed Russian telekinesis person. And she is, because she was famous in Russia, like in the Soviet era, like she claimed that she had telekinesis. This sort of kicked off the uh, uh, telekinesis arm race between the Soviet Union and the U.S., which also kind of led to MKUltra-like stuff. stuff Of course, Brenner would be really into that. Yeah. Um, in the scene where you're going through Susie's house, there's a board in the background that lists the strikes that all the kids have, assuming that they've all gotten in trouble (laughs) for that week. And Susie has one strike seemingly because she fixed Dustin's grades. How many does Cornelius have? I think he had five. If (laughs) I, if if I, I didn't write that down, but if I'm remembering the screen grab, I was looking at correctly. It was like five or something. I have one. You made me think of one I saw from that. Someone else found, apparently they do this sort of thing a lot. Uh, in Susie's room, there's a poster of uh, Wizard of Oz. And I think it's very shortly after that, maybe even the next scene that the uh, Steve shit happens. No, that it, it <laughs> cuts. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the flying, the flying, the flying monkeys. monkeys. But before that, it's the. Uh, you made a joke about the those being flying monkeys. It's too. the four, the four uh, 
teenagers traipsing off like the, the oh, four down the yellow brick road yeah, into the woods. Mm. Right. And then the flying monkey stuff. So double whammy. It was a super intentional visual cue for wizard of Oz. And apparently they do that with like tiny details and scenes a lot to cue up the next mm. couple scenes. That's genius. Um, so yeah, in Susie's room, there's a wizard of Oz poster. There's a Muppets poster in her room too. Where does that, uh, what did that cue up? Mm, I have to think on that one. Kermie, Kermie, <laughs> we have to go to the upside down. <laughs> Is that your miss piggy? <laughs> Oh, I'm just piggy. We can't go. <laughs> God damn, Steve, you're good. Uh, I did find out that Susie's operating system on her computer is a real operating system called the Amiga Workbench. That was a real thing. Wow. Uh, it, like this is pre Linux. Like, it, yeah, it's called. You oh, can look it like up. Pre DOS shit. It sounds like, and it looked like that too. And it was a it was a file. Uh, I saw a workbench system. in one of the one of the icons on the screen, and I was trying looking for little clues in there, but it, I had no idea that that would have been the name of the operating system. Yeah, the wow. Amiga Workbench. Uh, and then I have two more things, but I think I'm going to save them for the predictions round. The last, but I did want to point out uh, a cool visual cue in the final uh, confrontation between one and eleven in the Rainbow Room. Uh, if you look at the wide shot of the two of them, just kind of like holding out their hands at each other, doing their mental gymnastics, um, the rainbow is flipped between the two of them. Like the pattern in the room is the rainbow is one way. And then for the other character on the outside of the room, it's flipped kind of signifying that one of them represents the upside down. Oh, interesting. And one of them doesn't. It's kind of a neat visual cue. If you go back and look at that scene. Wow. 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 That's amazing. Kermie. That brings us. That brings us to some of the uh, the theory emails that we got and uh, some of our own theories and predictions for the future of the show. And me personally, I have more questions than I have theories that I want to posit to the group. Uh, but I do have some thoughts on where I think things are going to go. But this email came in uh, from uh, Starfire Moonbay is her Twitter username. Fire name. Starfire Moonbay. She basically wrote in to tell us that she had a semi-viral Twitter thread of predictions for the future of the show that she would like us to read. And so I did. And if I click the Twitter link, it takes me to her Thrizned, as you call it. Uh, and she's <laughs> basically she thinks that Eleven is going to die. But in death, she will actually be eternal in the upside down kind of like Vecna. I think she'll make it a beautiful and good place, bring back those who were taken there. The sad part will be that she'll close the portals forever to protect the others. And she goes on. I mean, this is like a 20 tweet long thread or 20 tweet long. Is that right? Sure. Good grammar. Yeah. 20 tweet long thread. Uh, so go check it out again. Her, her username is at Starfire Moon Bay. Uh, it's really interesting, but she's basically positing. And I hope I don't do a terrible job of summarizing your thoughts, Starfire Moon Bay. Uh, <laughs> but that 11 is inextricably tied to the upside down. And this goes into one of my questions that I want to talk about and that there can be no resolution to any of this nonsense with while uh, 11 exists essentially. And so she thinks it'll be kind of a bittersweet, tragic ending where 11 has to say goodbye to reality, but she'll still somewhat exist sort of in the upside down. She'll be able to reshape it into a nicer place. Um, I don't know. That's like the Oracle from the matrix. 
Yeah, somewhat. Yeah, We're just sitting on a park bench, yeah. <laughs> smoking a cig. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's interesting. I, I don't know that I could see that happening very much. Uh, it's the first part of it I could, but I don't see them bringing back other characters uh, in the Upside Down that have perished in the Upside Down. And like Billy and Barb are hanging out in there and Billy's like, what's up? You want to play basketball? Dibs on skins. Dibs on skins. <laughs> Actually, you know what? <laughs> you could be skins. So, uh, Can you imagine like Eleven lives in the Upside Down with Billy, Barb, Jenny, Fred, uh, fucking Fred, Benny, Bob, um, Bob. Oh, and, Bob Newby's just in there doing puzzles, and then the thirty other people that are that just were the, melted into the mind flare. into the Weekly Blood in season three. Yeah, it's like everyone who's died in Stranger Things. Like, what a weird collection like of characters who are like, well, what do we do now? Which <laughs> is that, ra- that random kid who was playing with fireworks in season three and wandered You're off. You're going to miss it. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be fine with Bob there. He's going to be like, all right, guys, let's all get in a circle. Everybody go around and see something interesting about yourself. Oh, let's Bob get to know each other. Yo, for sure. For sure. For Bob sure. Be, when you said Bob, I was like, that sounds, actually, I like this idea now. Kind of dope. That's Bob would thrive, actually, now that you say it. He would thrive there. Yeah, and now that daycare would have, like, a father figure, he'd be all right. You know? Bob is daycare's father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he'd be, like, building radios with him and stuff. He's and so when he, he says, like, we've been building it for you, he's talking about a little radio. He'd be like, let me tell you something, Billy. Let me tell you the story about Baldo the Clown. Baldo the Clown. I was just about to make that joke. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think I have any other theory emails to write. Let's get into our theories. Andy, what is your theory? So about what the the rest of Stranger Things four is going to be like, and maybe even into five. So for me, the biggest question that was brought up was what's up with the upside down being frozen in time? Mm, I thought it was what's under Lucas's bed. Oh, I forgot. Yes. <laughs> yes. We got to know. We do got to know about that. But so my second biggest question is what's up with the upside down being frozen in time? So uh, time stamped upside down. Yeah. And so I want to know, is it really? Or, and this kind of lends into the theories in, the, in my hype cast when I talked about what if the upside down used to be just like our world. It has all the same buildings. Why wouldn't it have all the same people? And what if something happened, something fateful happened within the upside down on that date and like there was an upside down version of Nancy that was also filling in her journal and stuff. I don't know if I called a theory as much as like just a, a a Marvel. What if, if you will, uh, but join me and ponder the questions. (laughs) I I am your guide. (laughs) But so I, uh, I would be really interested to see that, uh, my hopes. I really, really, really hope that Eddie makes it through to season five because I just want to see more of that guy. Um, I'm, I'm confident that either Nancy or uh, Steve is going to bite it. And um, that's an idiom for die. Yes. Uh, (laughs) And yeah, or it could be really gross. But uh, yeah, one one of the two is going to go. I'm not sure which I keep bouncing back and forth. Um, kind of lean since they- I heard a theory online. Can I jump in? Sure. I yeah. really like this idea and it seems like pretty obvious now that they said it, but 
They've also done this before, but you remember, you remember the festering sort of unnatural looking wounds that Steve had? A festering wound, you've, you say? You've got a terrible wound, Steve. Let me look at it. Let me heal you. Oh, yes, it's a gate. Have you ever thought about fighting <laughs> another teenager your age? I'll give you a bat with nails in it. <laughs> <laughs> Please hop into my windowless van. So I saw somebody glasses. talking about that that wound would continue to fester until he was kind of controlled. By, so we get another Billy. We get another Will, maybe. So season season two and season three type stuff where Steve is sort of an antagonist controlled by the forces of the upside down against the only reason I think, hold on. I know that's been done many times in this show, but I still think the fact that it's Steve is really compelling. And the fact that it didn't end well for Billy would make it really scary, but then it would be really cool to watch him break out of that later on. Right. That would be a really uh, a huge point of conflict that they can't really fight back and now that Eleven's got her full powers and she's more powerful than ever, but she can't kill Steve. Right. So that makes it like an interesting antagonist. Uh, and I thought that that'd be interesting. That would be interesting. So I just, I read that and I was like, huh, this isn't a dumb comment. I like this. Um, so that's, that's particular. I'm with you, Andy. I think it looks, they're setting it up. I still think it's Nancy that dies. Um, but it's it seems to be one of the two of them that is like the the tragic because they have to they kind of ha- I hate to say this there's no rules and you know there's no crying in baseball and there's no rules in writing there's but, no rules in the child fight arena <laughs> I feel like <laughs> no hold a bar. main character has to die soon to like raise the stakes significantly for the last season yeah um, they can't that's why I think Eddie is safe because, because they that's keep killing such characters. a stick yeah, yeah to like introduce make you love them die introduce make you love them die they can't do that again right. Um, and they're better than that. Damn it. So that's why I think Eddie's safe. But anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just want to hop in with that little theory, Beery. Um, so yeah, I, the only reason that would lean more towards, uh, Steve than Nancy is, uh, ending on the cliffhanger of Nancy being stuck, uh, in the, uh, Vecna mesmerization, uh, the mind palace, the mind palace, palace. the splody red house, (laughs) uh, Uh, ending on that as a cliffhanger uh, feels like a inevitable gotcha moment uh, when we jump back in and they manage to rescue her. Uh, but maybe not. Maybe not. I, uh, I, it would be heartbreaking to uh, and wait. Hang on. OK. All right, guys. So it is Nancy. And this is going to be what drives Ted to his sacrificial moment where he <laughs> damn it, saves the fucking gang. Ted will Ted never redeem the, himself. Ted shows up the mind palace. He's like unbuckling his belt and taking it off and putting it into like whip mode. He's like, I thought I said language and starts <laughs> going to town on Vecna's ass. <laughs> thought I said language. <laughs> so this is a good point for me to jump in and say one of my theories. It's a very hyper specific theory. Okay. Y'all are talking about Nancy dying. I think Nancy's going to make it out alive. And here is why. To clarify, I don't think she's going to die at the opening of season, episode eight. I just think by the end of the show. Okay. I think she's going to make it out of the mind palace. And I think it's because of the music. And I think I know what song they're going to play. I think the song. Oh, I know what you're going to say. And I heard a really good theory about this from Sean. They're going to play Bob Seger's old time rock and roll. And that's going to be the song. That brings her out of it. Now, some of you may be like, why? That's such that's, a random thing. It seems thing. random, yeah. It's not. I like it's, that old time rock and roll. In season one, uh-huh. Steve sings it to her briefly. 
uh, it's when she's like practicing in the garage, swinging a bat, and he comes up and tries to get her to see a movie with him. And when he does it, he's like, "Take those old records off." Oh yeah, like he just sings that part, and it's kind of a fun little moment between the two of them in season two. Uh, oh, he's got more receipts. In season two, Steve and Nancy go to the Halloween party dressed up as Pure Fuel. Joel and Lana, who are the main characters of Risky Business, uh-huh. the famous scene where old time rock and roll plays, and Tom Cruise, the man whose poster is in her bedroom, yes. slides in in his underwear. So I think that's going to be, and that's going to further fuel the. Pure will fuel. They, won't they, pure fuel. Uh, that's going to further fuel the will they, won't they love triangle romance section on the Steve and Nancy aspect because he's going to be there, obviously. And they're going to be like, what's her favorite song? And we already know Robin grabbed a bunch of cassette tapes from her room. Uh, Did so she grab them, grab them? I think so. somebody I, had told me that they would be the ballerina box. And I was like, how Ooh, are they? I could do that. That would be such a lame <laughs> Beckness-ing <laughs> after the Kate Bush extravaganza we got. It's just ding, 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 ding. I don't know why I played Harry Potter. And That's not that what those boxes ding, do. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> that would pull Nancy out for sure. I fucking love that movie. Whoa, Hufflepuff. <laughs> no, God she's, damn it, she's, Steve. She's a, she's a Gryffindor. Definitely Nancy, a, Gryffindor. a Gryffindor. But I love that idea. That I think that I think that you're right. Because the, the, the tapes and the Tom Cruise poster are the same level of Chekhov shit mm-hmm. that the ballerina box is because that's what the argument of my friend was it's, it's Chekhov's ballerina box and, and they're, like, they're already in Eddie's uh, trailer where his his axe is hanging on the wall and he's he knows how to play some Seeger so he's gonna oh go yeah Eddie guitar. could be the one that plays the and then, and, oh, oh yeah so Eddie strums the guitar and, and Steve's Steve the one that sings it. it like he did in, in that would be one. an epic moment I would oh, oh, make this happen, Duffer. Shoot it even if it's not actually happening. Dude, you got a month. <laughs> oh my God. If that actually happens, I'll be more proud of anything in my life. Yeah, never. And he's got six children, listeners. I, they're, they're called my dogs and my Emmys. That's <laughs> only five. You have three Emmys and two dogs. I technically have four Emmys. One. Dude, he just dunked on you hard. <laughs> Dang. Yo, Kobe. Uh, what, what other theories do we have, guys? Because I mostly have more questions. Let me ask so, a few of these questions, I oh, guess. Ask, ask away, yeah. So I get a lot of questions on my tiki-takis and that I wanted to address because apparently a lot of people are thinking about this kind of stuff, right? How did one get his powers? Now, for me, I never thought much about this. I just thought to myself, okay, any world where Dr. Brenner is able to manipulate and kind of draw out powers from certain kids, certain people, certain mothers and their progeny, it stands to reason that some people with these powers would just exist naturally in order for that to be possible. And Henry Creel was one such person. So that's what we're going with, right? Yeah. Henry Creel born with this shit. Easy peasy. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that if they do some kind of flashback of him, like also drugging Henry Creel's mother back in the yesteryear, like he did Eleven's mom, then yeah, that would be a bummer. Here's Just, what's not so easy peasy. I have a few follow up questions. So it was apparently pretty obvious that Dr. Brenner was using one's DNA to create the other children to other people, right? Do we think that two through 11 were not maybe not progeny directly, but experiments based on one 
Is that a thing that, because they apparently showed him drawing one's blood. And a lot of people have said even is, is Henry Creole 11's father. And it's like, all this stuff. Right. Which I think would be really lame. Yeah. Unless, unless it was a direct reference to a 1980s star Wars film. Empire Strikes Back. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you looked at me for a really long time. Where, where, where doing a, some one is like eleven. I am your father. Yeah, like, that's not uh, true. Not possible. And then he cuts off one of her hands. See, <laughs> with his mind. <laughs> yes, yes. Go okay. for the hands. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Brenner's there. That way, when they reach for something, you re- they'll remember you. <laughs> Go for the hands. <laughs> um. Okay. So. I, I, I would hate that if, if he was the, I, I would much rather just be, they have the powers and yes, they were like using his DNA on these yeah, drug adult children. Cause one. didn't they say in season one that they were like ex- using experimental M- drugs? MK on, Ultra. Yeah. That's yeah. What so that's from. And they, they're just tripping out on, she, Eleven's chock full of like. He bars and Creole blood. <laughs> hallucinogenics and Creole blood. Yes. And that's how she got her spoopy powers. I do think it's fair to say, and this may this may even be obvious just because of the nature of the show and the context of how the information is presented to us. But I do think it's safe to say that Henry Creel, one Vecna, is the whole reason why there is this government presence in Hawkins specifically. Yeah, like he was they, like the proof that they had. Yeah, they built that whole installation there because he was already living in Hawkins. And Dr. Brenner's like, we need this boy is pretty dope, <laughs> but we need to nerf him to... Get me a pill and I'll put it in his neck, as you do. Um, I mean, do you guys do you guys think that's... hundred percent? Okay. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But I do have a question, and it's pretty much just a plot hole, I think. But let's see what you guys think. So, other than one and eight, I'm confident in saying two through seven and nine through eleven <laughs> all have the same powers, except one and eight, and that is weird. Because eight has the ability for the illusions, right? And one can like read minds. Well, um, one can seemingly do the illusions too. The Vecta's mind palace. Well, as Vecna, but. Well, I mean, I think that goes to say that uh, I think all these kids have the capability to do these things. It's just a matter of what they're good at and their specialty and how strong they are. Mm-hmm. So. So eight's whole, like that's her power is like, she really gravitated. So do you think that. if eight, you're saying that if eight trained, she could do what 11 does and do like outright telekinesis? Maybe. Yeah. I think that they probably, they can all do like some of the same things and then some different things. Cause like we don't, we haven't seen any of the rest of them like do the bandana or band, blindfold static spying. 10. Um, 11. We does. saw 10 do that. We saw Tim. Oh, I guess yeah, Tim yeah. did do that, but he didn't use a bandana or a static. He didn't do or bandana or static, but he saw the dog slash cow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then he spied on six and the teacher and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I yeah. see it okay. like all these kids nipped are, it in the bud. All these kids are on a track team, right? They can all do the different events, but some of them are better at the four by four, and some are better at the long jump. You know yeah, what I mean? You don't want to see me hitting hurdles, guys. Like I'll get over them. It might it might take a minute, but you ain't getting over them. <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to be humble and i brought you down even lower <laughs> you i've hit a hurdle or two in my life that was 20 years ago yeah, it was 20 years ago. 
you were tan. Um, yeah, I just want to throw that. I thought that was interesting. And it seemed like something like they had just dropped, honestly, if I'm being honest. Like season two, they thought, what if they all had different powers? Here's eight. Oh, nobody liked that. <laughs> and now they're because I was really excited about the like the X-Men of the other numbers. You know, mm-hmm. now I know a they're all dead except eight uh, and. B, they didn't all have interesting powers. They were just all like shittier versions of 11. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. They did lie and stuff. And they were like bullies and stuff. Not a fan. Like two through four were bullies. Yeah, for sure. Two through four major assholes. Ten ten was pretty cool. Did you see his eight ball? Yeah, he was cool. I was my favorite. I miss ten so much. Speaking of Dr. Brenner, I'm going to make them all fight <laughs> to bury this pain. He did that before. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> it makes me feel good. Hey, what if he's just like a gym teacher in 1994 and he's just like, I right, know, fight. <laughs> Welcome to first period gym kids. Uh, fight. <laughs> I drew two circles on the floor. There are no rules in the jungle except survival of the fittest. I knew you were hoping we'd be playing with the parachute again today. <laughs> Do you guys remember the fucking parachute? In gym yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So speaking of Dr. Brenner, we talked about this on the main show. We, we're all saying, you know, he does not survive probably this season, right? Uh, I think that's, that's fair. I, him or Owens or both definitely die. I don't think I don't think you can have Dr. Brenner survive this show. Well, morally, for sure. Morally yeah. speaking. Same. And so if you think it's one or if it's either, then you're saying it has to be Dr. Brenner. Then right. You're so you're saying and ipso facto ergo concordedly, Dr. Owens cannot die by your logic, Stephen. Because we both agree Dr. Brenner must die. Vis-a-vis! <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Counterpoint. Uh-huh. We all die, baby. <laughs> right. oh, so you said he can't survive the show. Did you mean he can't survive the season? Because we could lose Owens this season and Brenner next. Well, Steve's saying one. Just one or the other? No, I said one or both. One or the other or well, both. Well, that's a non-statement. <laughs> no, I can... Either I can, one or both or neither. That's my prediction. I can really prediction. see a world where all of them, both of them bite it. Yeah. But do one of them bite it this season? I think um, signs probably point more towards... Um, Are you doing Brenner. the eight ball reference again? <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to say that uh, Owens is going to die this season. We're still going to have Brenner. Brenner's going to die in season five. Actually, I think that's fair, Andy. I think that's fair. Another question that I got a lot that I didn't think much about. I just assumed it to be true. Um, we we all agree that Dustin's prediction of how the power dynamics work in the upside down is just the Duffer's way of explaining it to us, not a wrong guess right vecna is Mm -hmm. the five-star general the mind flayer is still the 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 big bad eldritch demon that rules the upside down right Mm -hmm. okay because there's a lot of talk online some people that feel very strongly that that vecna is the ruler of the upside down and i i feel very strongly that he is not he's just hanging out in an attic i I, I think he's he's a much more interesting villain that's why i'm so that's why i think this is the best season right because i've never been a fan of black and white uh we've got these uh, malevolent forces that have been around for millennia. That's why I like Game of Thrones more than Lord of the Rings, right? Because you've got these flawed people as opposed to like ancient evil, right? That's just not as interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that Vecna is, is Darth Vader 
And the mind flayer is Sauron. And that's just such a more compelling villain to have like uh, human mistakes and like a little bit of tragedy in a villain. Right. Sure. And that's what we have with Vecna. So that's why I think my prediction this is not really a prediction, but I think Vecna is the general and the main bad in a way. He's the most important one. I do not. I think he survives. He's the Darth Vader. Yes. Where he's a villain, not necessarily that he's redeemable, but like he's the villain that you know the most, but there's really a bigger bad pulling those right. strings. Yeah. And I think that he will be the main antagonist throughout into the end of the show he through season five. Pick up the mind flayer and throw him down. The yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and save after, Eleven. After he tells Eleven that he is her father. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so that's, that's what I think. Uh, it's that, funny you mentioned um, the word eldritch mm-hmm. because this season, and I, we didn't talk about this even though we watched the show with subtitles. This season had a lot of eldritch noises are made in subtitles. That's why I use that word because it. I play a lot of board games now, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of Dungeons and Dragons uh, based board games, and love. They all come from Lovecraftian roots. But is that something that has been in the? I don't remember this being in the previous season. It's almost like this is a subtle clue of like, oh, this is where we're going with Maybe. the upside down. Is yeah. it's, it's an el- there's some sort of eldritch Lovecraftian god thing happening there. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Just something I like in my research. I, I saw that when I saw like, it, I just oh, took I it as like Lovecraft has seeped so much into nerd lexicon that that's literally the subtitles guy's way of explaining it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but could be could be. Um, so we all think Kali. Do we do or I guess we should say do we do we still think Kali is returning this season? I say yes. Uh, Ooh, this season. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know about this season. No. I still think she's going to come back. Before the end I of think the she show. might have. Okay, here's my prediction. She might be the post like, yeah. season like, like stinger. A stinger. Yeah, I think Kali does show up, but very briefly to tease season five. Mm-hmm. Like everything's already kind of settling down a little bit. They've they haven't killed Vecna, but they've postponed his destru- uh, like his his wave of destruction. And then everybody's like, oh, okay, what are we gonna do now? We're gonna chill and hang out, I guess. And then Kali's like, what up, girl? Or whatever she the, talks. The Cali crew van rolls up and they open the sideboard like, get in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're gonna maybe. kill Vecna. <laughs> maybe. I'm gonna Did you say- know Brenner's still alive? <laughs> We're here to kill him. <laughs> that could be too. That could be a big like now that they like Brenner, kind of. Uh, yeah, maybe they show up to actually kill Brenner, and it's an eleven has to like defend him against yeah, her. That's maybe gross. I don't yeah, know. but yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say if Kali shows up, friends don't is, kill Papa. She's immediately gonna get snapped <laughs> and eye popped by Vecna. Immediately? Yes. That's hey guys, remember me from season two? Oh hey, god, that would be terrible. <laughs> because any any I know you guys, I know I'm the most dropped plot line of all time, and here at Lock, like, <laughs> that's what the fuck, Andy. It's gonna be awesome when it happens because he has already said that uh, when he kills people, uh, they stay inside of him, and he would be absorbing her powers, and she's the most developed of any of them so far. So that would be uh, a big boon to uh, his arsenal. A boon. <laughs> big boon. Only someone who makes eats Heath bars would say the word boon unironically. Hey, Heath bars <laughs> are wonderful. <laughs> I do have one more theory. Lay it on us, baby. I have a theory that our favorite buyer's boy, Will. I think Will. My boy. My boy. I think our boy is going to develop powers. No, you're not one of those. Uh, because... A, I, I love Will, and I just want him to be more involved. Uh, that's that, <laughs> that, that's mostly where I'm coming at with this theory is just because I'm a huge fanboy of Noah Schnapp. Uh, but also, 
they call uh, uh, Henry Creel. They're like, he's a very special boy. He's very sensitive. There's like, that's a very clued in phrase they use for, for Henry Creel. If you remember in season one, that's oh, yeah. also how they describe Will. He's very, he's a very sensitive boy. And so now I'm wondering, Ooh. like, is that a, is that like a, them trying to connect this dot that, oh, Will has the potential to also. I could see them retconning uh, that that's why Will was taken. And that's, and that's how he, how he escaped. Yeah. Wait. Or like how he could like get into the portal. Because I'm so fuzzy on how Will got through the portal into the upside down from the demogorgon. That's what I mean. I didn't want to harp on a huge plot hole too much again because I went yeah. hammer time on it in episode seven. But it's just a hole, I think. The original demogorgon was able to create a portal on his own because that's how he grabbed Will in the shack. Mm-hmm. That's how he got Barb when he came out of the tree. That's how he snagged that deer that one time. The deer and, and Barb. Yeah. So... Cause there's no gate open in the shack and will definitely didn't like, well, we even see that he makes that little mini gate and how did will get away in there? Let's be real. That thing's fast (laughs) as fuck boy. So he pulls him through uh, the gate. Then what's he doing? Toying with him like a cat playing with you. Oh, where where are you going? Oh damn. He's good at hiding. Where'd he go? (laughs) Like, is that how that went? He must've rolled a really good roll to (laughs) make me damn. (laughs) I wish I had eyeballs. All I have is a giant mouth. This is really an issue <laughs> I for love finding how my prey. I love how that's your voice with the Demogorgon. Yeah. Man, he must have a really good... I wish I had eyes. He's like basically Ted Lasso, <laughs> yeah. but like a Demogorgon. <laughs> Dang it. That boy is, is, a, is a TP and a wigwam. He is too tense. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You got to believe. I don't know. It's my only Ted Lasso joke. He actually, I made cookies. The believe sign is hung up right outside his cell. It's so upside b- down. Before he goes out and murders all the Russians, he like taps the believes. <laughs> Ted Lasso Demogorgon. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I could see that. I, I read a lot of those willpower um, comments on the TikToks and stuff. And it just kind of rolled my eyes because it's it's got like Mephisto vibes for me. Yeah. But they're also hit. They've definitely been hinting at the, but you the, made last, a convincing the case. last two episodes of this season is, a, is like that's where Will's story really hit comes in that's where play. we finally figured out what to fucking do with him after we stopped torturing him <laughs> yeah yeah because they basically dropped him for season three because okay we can't torture him anymore we'll just give him a little will tingle on his neck and then even it seems like so far and that's why i wanted to end this segment with this unless you guys had other thoughts but did you have any sense throughout watching this that um any of the storylines kind of lagged way below the others because a lot of people online have said that they really didn't like the California crew storyline that it felt a you know, atonal. Uh, and I've even seen quite a few comments that the uh, Hopper Russian storyline seemed a little silly uh, or slowed down the pacing of the show. I wholeheartedly disagree. I love each of them for separate reasons. I think that obviously the Hawkins mystery, the max storyline is by far the strongest of part one. Of course, for sure. By design. Yeah. But I didn't mind any of the California crew uh, or the hopper storylines at all so did you yeah, I mean, have any sense of that at all no not at all Elle's getting her powers back i will say that it took a little while for Hop- oh that's right there's four storylines yeah. yeah it took a little while for l to uh, l hop to have a line which was uh kind of interesting mm-hmm. or more than a, a single solitary line but also they had to start it with like the you know mystery russian doll that joyce gets so like it it, it makes uh, all of it makes sense because they not only need to move the story along, they also have to deal with the threads that they established in the previous season. And I feel like they've done that really well. Yeah. Um, if anything, I would just say that like 
the only thing you could say is that you're disappointed with where certain characters going, not that they did something poorly. Like, sure. oh, bummer. Jonathan's a stoner now. Like, I, I, I had better. I thought he had more aspiration than that. I or thought something. he was a nice Christian boy. Yeah. yeah what the but, hell? <laughs> what the hell, Jay Byers? I, I, yeah, I think, and I think that criticism is a little unfair because, again, this is part one of the whole season. I really do think that once we get the last two episodes, and I think a lot of people are like, oh yeah, that California storyline was leading somewhere we just don't have the conclusion of where that storyline's going yet sure so i think that kind of plays into i think some of those criticisms that you're seeing um i do have a little bit of a hot take and you guys might hate me for it okay okay so nothing none of what i say means i hate this but is definitely the moments in the season that i feel like slowed down the most for me and that is the the hopper soliloquies in prison um specifically the one where he talks about like i had agent orange and i gave my daughter cancer like i i kind of don't like that scene um just because i feel like it feels a little retconny but also a little gross in that like oh i'm it's kind of like when remember when, well, i wonder if they were trying to make some kind of allusion as to how victor got his powers by telling the agent be. orange thing and then knowing that um victor creel sorry henry creel got his powers because victor creel was in the war as well he was a different war, war yeah. But, yeah but yeah he could have some something no yeah. agent orange but yeah maybe some some weird S- some german weird experiment nazi bullshit yeah he drank some mm. some dark beer i don't yeah. know <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and also like i don't know there's something gross about like can I, you remember that scene in a uh, avengers age of ultron when black widow's like i'm a monster because i can't get pregnant it kind of had that weird kind of like this is kind of a gross spin on things and and then an episode later he's like actually you know what i'm not cursed i can do good in this world and it was kind of sure it was just kind of a weird like why did we have that five minute long push in on hopper's face when he was telling this weird out of left field story about his agent orange it was yeah. the dark night of the soul man and, and and i and i like i understand why people like that but i just it and i and i don't hate it it was just that was the i'm point with you the, i don't the think show it's... where i was like okay let's wrap this scene on it's going i'm pretty much with you i mean that was definitely not one of my favorite moments yeah um i, I did like the last supper though that little speech was great i thought oh yeah that was awesome i was I like that. what yeah, I yeah, I, I could see it being gross. I could also see it being affecting. It, it, I think it mm-hmm. just is going to depend on personal interpretation there. Oh, absolutely. But overall, I thought that uh, I, I I did not think that any one storyline sagged below the others. There was obviously the general Hawkins Creel House stuff that rose above everything else. But uh, I, I didn't feel like the California stuff or the Rush stuff uh, was an active detriment to the season in any way. Do you think if the Kate Bush song played in the other storylines, people would like it more? <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. Because <laughs> everyone loves Kate Bush now. It's I mean, that is that is super memed. Uh, yeah, that's been number one on iTunes for yeah. a long time. Yeah. I mean, it's a killer song. Like, I'm happy that people who weren't aware of it are come, getting wise to Why'd it. Why'd you look at me? Because I'm talking. I don't know. Because <laughs> Annie's looking at his phone and you were looking at me. <laughs> am, I inf- am I infamous for a lack of, of 80s music knowledge or something? Mm, time will tell. <laughs> time will tell. Before we get back to some emails, let's check into a voicemail we got from one of our longest time listeners. I don't think you can use words that way, but I did it. Stephen V. Hey, guys. This is uh, Stephen. Uh, se- I sound like shit because I'm sick right now. But uh I'm listening through your episodes and I'm loving it. The new season was awesome. I really, really dug it. Uh, but I did have one really, really important note for you guys. Um, and I can't stress enough how important it is. And it is that Heath bars are the best. Um, 
the best candy bar, and I guess that makes me really old too. So, uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Season's cool. It's great. Heath bars are the best. Annie, do you feel vindicated? Vindication! Steven Vindication. That's that's what that V stands for. Oh. Steven V, your voice has never sounded better, my dude. Heath bars are the best. I, I As disappointed as I am in Stephen V, I am really glad he wrote that email. Or Sorry, left that voicemail. because He I also sent us a transcript. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we laid into Andy a little too hard about the Heath bars. I felt guilty. <laughs> I saw him. I, I walked here one night because we live near by each other. I looked in his window and he was just dumping thousands of Heath bars <laughs> into the trash, naked, crying. <laughs> it was so weird. And then he threw out his back. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I just walked home like I'm not going in there. He's, he's going through some shit right now. So, listener, if you if you are also on Team Heath, let <laughs> call us know. in. Let Please. us know. Yeah, the other guy. Go ahead and write in. Join Stephen Vindication <laughs> and join Andy in this honorable quest. Save some pussy for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> Heath Bar lovers, unite. Oh, my God. Uh, there are dozens of us. <laughs> Let's get back to the emails. These next emails, they really just wrote in some kind words that we wanted to point out, shout out. We like hearing them. Not going to lie to you. Our self-esteem is really low as a rule. And so reading these really helps us out. Andy's going to read an email from Grace C. Grace wrote in from Africa. She's one of the only ones that uh, told us where they're writing from. And that's dope. Uh, Grace said, I was going to make this short and sweet, but nah, you guys deserve better than that. Back in mm-hmm. high school, my friends and I were tight. <laughs> tight but <laughs> that's in the email not Andy. In the, in the oh, email. okay i thought that was andy making a weird aside like okay but when i went to college we started drifting apart of course i missed them but what i missed most was the comfort of being part of a group when i w- listen to your podcast it's like i'm one of the boys i'm one of you even though you can't hear what i'm saying i hear you and i'm laughing at all your jokes it's beyond soothing for me thank you chris eddie and steve you might not know it but just like eddie you're also helping a little lost kid get through tough times i will always be a fan and i will force my children to be fans too love take notes mike grace from africa nice oh, oh, oh nice there not end. from love so my, my name this, is andy <laughs> this is my favorite email because as soon as i read it i immediately changed andy's contact information on my phone to eddie and i will not change it back <laughs> he texts me he was like i'm changing your your name in my phone and i i hadn't seen this email yet so i was like oh is it because eddie shreds too because um, i'm the musician of the group but yeah wasn't that no. so that's fine uh, thanks to grace i, I do kind of say my name pretty quick like you know when streaming things my name's chris i'm, I'm andy and so i say quick so that could, you yeah, can, that could, yeah, sound, that could sure. sound like eddie so I, I i forgive you your name should be eddie it's way cooler it really is i mean you wouldn't have the toy story reference thing andrew means bravery now i use andy and yeah i would say what does that have to do with anything andy, andy means little bitch and that's more fitting but <laughs> it has everything to do with andy <laughs> <laughs> steve read us an email before before we move on i just want to say you know that scene in the avengers when they're like i got a package for tony stank yeah that was this email for us (laughs) thank you you so much for sending that in that tickled me pink uh this email comes from carol c uh she she sends old lady shout out really enjoying your podcast just the right combination of humor and staying on task can you tell i'm a retired teacher uh kind of like a sly face emoji (laughs) 
I don't know what you call that emoji. Uh, you guys are exceptionally funny. Laughing out loud emoji. Sent from her iPhone. So thank you so much, Carol. Like, I, I honestly, I would not have been able to tell uh, that you were a retired teacher and let, without that headline. But uh, we're staying on task. We're staying on task. Thank you so much for that. You never that had so your teachers nice. say to stay on task. That's what, oh, that's what that was in reference yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. I didn't go to school. <laughs> oh, that makes more sense now. Smartly. words. Uh, Steve, I call that the mm, emoji. Oh, okay. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that one. This email comes from Hannah D and there's no emojis for me to interpret. Thank God. Sean Hannity? Just, just Hannah D. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just wanted to let you guys know that I've binged your new episodes on season four of Stranger Things. I've enjoyed it so freaking much and it has gotten me through boring ass work days. It's so cool to have already watched the whole season and then listen to y'all and see what you think is going to happen. I can't wait to listen when the rest of the season comes out. I know it's very soon into our very one-sided relationship, but I love you guys. And I love that email. And I actually love this dynamic because most of the time, because we try to get the shows out as fast as we can, but it's never as fast as somebody who can binge a show can binge a show. Mm -hmm. uh, Most people have already seen the entire season by the time they're listening to us talk about episode three. And so there's this unique dynamic dynamic where uh, we're trying to figure out what's going to happen. And the listener already knows. And I always wonder how that works. And now I know at least to Hannah, it's very entertaining. So thank you for writing in. Yeah, thank you, Hannah. And then Andy's got a very special email yeah. from Enza A. I got the email from our Belgian brute, Enza. <laughs> our uh, Enza. For those who don't know, Enza is a uh, listener from when there was like only 10 people in 2017. And she's been a longtime Patreon supporter. We, we love her very much. Yes, thank you, Enza. Enza writes, hello, hello. First of all, you guys have all my admiration and my gratitude for your hard work and dedication. I had so much fun listening to you dissect the episodes and theorize about what's to come. And thanks for the shout outs. Guys, I don't even know where to start. Additions to the cast. Eddie and Argyle are both awesome. Seriously, they're hits. I hope that we're going to have lots more of them. Eddie will be Steve's new BFF and parent, all the lost kids. I thought we were going to get more of Vicky as Robin's love interest, but maybe in the last two episodes? Question mark? They hit us with that Vecna Victor Creel reveal, and it was amazing. Jamie Campbell Bauer was in the right was the right mix of kind orderly with a hint of a dark shadow hanging over his head. But when he let loose, my my my. And Sadie, damn Sadie, I knew she was good, but she really damn blew Sadie. me away. <laughs> How brilliant was she this season? All the Stranger Things kids are great actors, and they keep finding the gems that are definitely going to be on Hollywood's next best under 25 list, I'm sure. The only storyline I found a bit dragging, and I'm sorry to say it, is Joyce and Hopper's. Uh-huh. Shame on me, uh-huh. she says. I don't know what it was. I love them both. I love Murray, but it was a bit too separate from the main story, maybe. Also, every time that you guys said Enzo on air, it threw me. Oh, yeah, I can definitely see where that would drive you up a wall for sure. Uh, To be honest, I was a bit skeptical about this season at first, but the Duffer Brothers did it again. They constructed an elaborate puzzle, and I cannot wait for all the storylines to converge and for everybody to reunite in the last two episodes. I just don't want anybody to die, but I'm pretty sure somebody will. Also, yes, Will is gay. Go Will. Okay, I'll stop now. That was already too long. Sorry. Thanks again, and and talk to you online. Cheers from the Belgian brute, Enza. Thanks, Enza. Did we she love you very did she much. sign off with the Belgian She did sign off oh, with the Oh, yeah. You, you gave her a nickname, Steve. Hell, yeah. <laughs> I hope that goes around in your local area. <laughs> in Belgium, we assume. And, and Enza, you can never go too long. You have, you have earned these paragraphs. Yes. Damn right. Damn right. Hell, yeah. Steve's got an email from Abby G. 
Abby G, and I do want to point out, Abby is the one who wrote about the Penhurst thing. Remember how before we were like, there was a listener that we missed? Oh, Abby's the one that sent it. Uh, So she sent us several emails, and that was just one of the emails. Oh, we lost it in a thread? Yeah, it was in the thread. So Abby, let's give her the credit. She's the one who discovered the Penhurst connection to season one. There you go. But she also wrote in to say this. Hi. First of all, congratulations on making it big time. Number six is amazing. You guys deserve it. Um, I finally just finished the show. Did not expect that. Referring to one or uh, Vecna. Wonder if he created the mind flare. The spider like shape and being the ruler would make sense? Question mark. Kind of, okay, you know, so this is one of that shape. Yeah, this is one of those mini, um, you know, kind of power power dynamics questions that we got. Um, and yeah, like we said before, I, I really do think that the Duffers use the, the children, Dustin specifically, to kind of clue us in on things frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, and his guesses have always been spot on. And to the point where they make a joke of it, a refer- they reference it a lot in season four. Like, hey, I'm always right. You know what I mean? So I think that that the mind flayer is the you know millennia old evil creature. And then Vecna is a powerful general of his. Abby continues by saying, can't wait to hear your theories in the recap episode and can't wait for the mailbag. That's episode. what this is. That's what this is. You're hearing it right now. Oh my gosh. Thanks for making the season even better. Abby. You know what, Abby? Thank you for making the season even better. Thank you for making this episode better yeah. by having those words that we could read. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Words. I've got another email from uh, Marcus N. Because uh, this time it's the uh, pumping us up segment. And he wrote another email to pump us up. Pump it and up. And it, it tees <laughs> off a good question that I have for our listeners. Hey, guys, writes Marcus. I wanted to start off by saying you guys are doing an amazing job with the show. Thanks. Oh, thanks. I enjoy your content and the entertaining format you have for the fans of the show. I want to know if you guys had any other podcasts out there that a new fan like myself could also listen to. Well, Marcus. Yes, we do. You've come to the right place. We've got about 156 other episodes already on that feed that you're, I hope, subscribed to. Uh, and a lot of plans for future content. He goes on. And will you be doing anything between volume one and volume two related to the show? <laughs> well, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> we got all the answers for you, buddy. I'm glad you asked. That's what you're doing right now. You're participating in that content that we have planned. Also, we got a little something else we're going to be talking about here in a few minutes. Uh, but we're also going to leave it up to you guys. We, we, we've done this before and it's, it's to some success, but what we do typically between stranger things seasons, and this isn't that bad. We've only got a few weeks to wait, but sometimes there's years. And so we, once a week we'll review a popular movie of the week or we'll dive into another TV show. And we thought we would kind of break it up a little bit. Maybe we'd have multiple episodes a week, one segment where we talk about all the most popular shows and movies that we've been watching. Another we have seg- like a, we have a suggestible type yeah. component where we suggest like, Hey, this came out on Hulu. Go watch this. This came out on Disney plus go watch that. Yeah. And we break that up into its own episode. And then maybe Wednesday, we dive into another movie the way that we do Stranger Things, so on and so forth. However, the best way that you can support the podcast and help hope that it continues is to subscribe to our Patreon. I know that seems like a little like, oh, of course, but this takes a lot of work to go into anything as deep as we do with Stranger Things. Steve damn near killed himself, right? And so that's the best way to ensure that we have the kind of time and resources to do something to this level. And then also, you have a say in it. 
as a, a patron, you can talk directly to us. You can vote on polls and we might say, hey, these four huge shows are coming out this summer. I mean, we got House of the Dragon. Uh, we got Rings of Power, the Lord of the Rings show. If you want us to like just rip it to shreds and have a great time and spend tons of hours recapping it on the show, we can do that and you can have a voice on the Patreon feed. Um, so that's the idea we're thinking. But even if you don't have any cash, we get it. Times are tough. I'm broke as fudge uh, <laughs> oh we don't cuss now yeah <laughs> oh let me uncheck that explicit thing on the podcast server <laughs> and so i get it but you can continue to rate and review the podcast or send in emails and just kind of you know give us some thoughts and feedback on yeah. maybe what you'd like the show to be without stranger things because we do keep streaming things going mm-hmm. uh without stranger things and but we need you to be able to do that yeah and, and we have a we in the past we've had a set structure but that structure is not rigid you know we're pretty fluid so if you guys kind of write to us and say like oh i don't like this type of content you guys do but i like this type of content we're going to steer towards what you guys like so let us know i mean we did the um uh the mad libs thing was a brand new idea we had that we just started for this season of stranger things and we didn't know if it was going to go well and fortunately a lot of people have written into us and said that they really love that segment so that's probably something that will carry over in the future um so stuff like that if you if if you guys want to you guys can help us make the show what you guys would prefer it to be Absolutely. And then Mark has ended with, again, thank you so much. Awesome job and keep it up. You're all the people like us have to get us through till the next one. Uh, And that may seem melodramatic, but that really touched me, Marcus, because I do genuinely feel like I am a specific type of person that had uh, very few friends and outlets at a young age. And thanks to the rise of the, the kingdom of nerds and the Internet and the sheer volume of content that we have today, uh, I do not feel anywhere near as alone. In fact, I feel uh, out of many one, uh, you know, <laughs> out of many one, e pluribus unum, uh, that I have many friends. And so thank you. Um, so you do that for me as well. And then finally, we got an email as we were recording this. I'm not even going to lie. This is hot off the press, hot off the prisonesses. And I read it and I think it segues perfectly into uh, what we were going to talk about dropping in a few days. And Steve, why don't you read it out? Because you're good at this kind of thing. And actually, you're the one that worked for so many weeks on it. All right. So this email comes from Sertive09. Do your best. I mean, he kind of he clearly wrote that on an iPhone very quickly. Right. But OK, he writes he or she writes, I have an idea for a podcast. So basically, all you could do is go on about popular theories about Stranger Things and make some of your own, as well as maybe doing a game of Guess the Season, where someone says a line from the show and someone else should guess the season it was from. As if they're confident enough. Uh, the episode. Oh, it goes on, but I think I know what he's getting at. Yeah. He's talking about... Uh, maybe like a, a game show. Like maybe a game or a trivia game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's like sort of a like campaign aspect to it perhaps that would be crazy so we were talking we got to talking um we did an ep you guys have heard us talk about it but a few weeks ago or last week shit it's only been a week totally oh my god i've lived (laughs) several years in the last in the last week dude Uh, i am bald now You, I mean, he's eating Heath bars. I'm going to start eating Heath bars here soon. <laughs> That's how much he's aged during the show. Heath but, bars and tapioca. But last week we did a uh, a Stranger Things trivia game set in the context of a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. I was the dungeon master. Chris and Andy were working together through the campaign by solving the puzzles and solving Stranger Things uh, trivia. And we got to talking and... 
because we got so many new listeners and so many of you have, you know, left reviews, you've sent in emails, you've sent in phone calls, you guys have stepped up and really helped make the show as big as it's ever been. And we were thinking, I worked way too damn hard on this show for you guys to not uh, hear this episode. So we are actually going to make the Patreon exclusive Stranger Things quiz show slash D&D campaign on the main feed for all of you guys to listen to. And that'll be coming out Monday. Uh, so you'll be listening to this this weekend and f- the Monday, what is that? The 6th of June? I think so. Yeah. The 6th of June is when we will be dropping the, the, the quiz show. So Servid or is that how you pronounce the name? Oh, nine. You're going to get that game. <laughs> you're going to get that show and more. You're going to get these great trivia it's and extravaganza. There's four really different styles of trivia. There are three different D and D puzzles, as well as the improvisational slash, uh, role playing aspect that these two guys kind of went through and I kind of led them with. Dirty uh, Mac and the boys. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, please forgive us for our lack of music knowledge. Yeah. That's, that's it. Period. That section doesn't go well. And <laughs> this is the type of content that you can expect from a Patreon. And so, like, if you're already a Patreon subscriber and you got this episode, thank you so much for. Uh, being so and you got this episode early being a part of the grassroots movement you guys also got the top Top Gun Maverick and Obi-Wan Kenobi reviews but in the future we got even more stuff planned for the Patreon so if you like this type of stuff content, for the one percenters <laughs> if you like this type of content you know you know, head over there and subscribe if you can. If not, this is our way to thank you guys for helping the show be as successful as it's ever been. So I hope you enjoy it. Please write in and let us know what you think about the campaign. Because uh, I worked, like I said, I worked way too hard on it. He did. He worked for <laughs> weeks. He worked for weeks on it. So that'll be dropping. And then write in as well for something else that you might like. Because we do have a lot of weeks to fill until the part two of season four. Um, I, I assumed we would just go back to what we normally do and review some tentpole films and maybe some other shows and stuff in the couple weeks interim. Maybe we take a vacation. Who freaking knows? But if you guys have some ideas like, hey, maybe you could do silly stuff like uh, rank the characters and talk about this or whatever. I have no idea. But if enough people want to hear it, we'll do it. We're here for you. We here for you, as they say in the show Succession. Another favorite show of mine, by the way. Speaking of Patreon, there's always a poll each month where listeners get to vote on what we might cover next. And this month, it's Stranger Things themed. We've got four movies to vote from. Stand by me. The Thing, 1982 is The Thing. Let's be very fucking specific about that. <laughs> yeah. Aliens and War Games, because Steve and I have not seen War Games. So you can vote on one of those four films, and then we'll cover that for our Patreon listeners uh, and party hard for Stranger Things. But before we close out the evening, we got one last, probably the most important thing that we got to do. For sure. We got to finish that Mad Lib. Steve, take us on that journey. Let's see how Andy and Chris decided justice for Barb. Let's begin. Oh, no. Dear Streisand brothers, (laughs) I thrust for everyone in the fan club when I say thank you for creating our favorite confetti series of all time. Mm. But we need to talk. From the dehydrated husk of Steve Byers to Erica Sinclair to erect but lovable Jim Hopper. (laughs) You've given us so many characters to follow from season to season. And though we're grateful for those fiery characters, we are asking once again for justice for our gone too soon rainbow barb. Barb was kind and responsible. She didn't deserve to train in the Upside Down. 
why make a kaleidoscope so perfect and then tarnation have her disappear only three episodes into season one i think that literally was three episodes in the season one. yeah you oh you, wow. you really broke our nostrils <laughs> and we're still not over it isn't there some way to bring her back to life if this were a window opera, you could say it was actually Barb's long-lost sister, Nicole Kidman. <laughs> <laughs> Who got trapped in the upside beautiful. That works. Same hair. We believe that. Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Yeah. Please, just elongate Barb back. <laughs> Sincerely, the Stranger Balls fan club. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I said balls. That's on point. <sighs> erect but lovable. The erect but lovable Jim Hopper. Counts Thank you me. all so much for listening in again. Again, this was uh, more of a celebration episode. We're so excited for the rest of uh, the part two of Stranger Things 4. But you did it. We are one of the biggest podcasts out this week. And, yeah, this uh, week. <laughs> Keep it going, man. We'd really appreciate it. We've been doing this a long time. And uh, thank you so much. That's all the time we have right now. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm the dehydrated husk of Steve. And this is Streaming Things. Happy streaming. It's time for the Patreon shoutouts. Kermy, <laughs> we have to thank Phil and Carmelita. Oh, yeah, that's a good point, Miss Piggy. We also want to thank uh, Carrie and Enza. They're, they're really, really great. Thank you so much. Ooh, Kermy, we have to thank Cake. Thank you, Cake. Thank you, Cake. Mm, cake. Thank you, Katie and Jimmy. Mm, Jimmy. Uh, Miss Piggy, that's not really appropriate. Let's thank Sarah. Thank you so much for all your support on Patreon. And, uh... Mm-hmm. Elo, thank you so much. And that needs to be in green. Thank you, Kyle. Mm, Jeremy, we should also thank Tomas or Thomas. Mm, so exotic. Oh, let's thank Shay. Mm, that's a good point, Miss Piggy. We should also thank Stephen V. The V stands for vindicated. <laughs> Kermy, we can't forget about thanking A. Wells, can we? No, we can't, Miss Piggy. Uh, we would also like to thank Danielle and our brand new Patreon subscribers, Kimberly and Andrew. Yay! Play us out, animal! Animal!